think it was actually my father-in-law who said it to me. He's like, you know what, Davin, like, whatever you do, if you, if you're just, if you focus on being the best at whatever it is, whether you're changing tires or you're, you know, volunteering or you're whatever you're doing, if you can just focus on being the best you can be at that moment, at that time, at that job, whatever it is, like, you're going to be okay. I, I think subconsciously, like, I live by that model every single day. Welcome to the Positive People Posse Living Room. I'm your host, Dom Green, life enthusiast and marketer of Positive People Posse. We are your digital marketing solutions company. Today's special guest is going to be Dav the Sav, Davin Gordon with all capital. Thank you for being on the Positive People Posse Living Room today. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good, good, good. You know, like right now, I would say that, you know, you were just saying that your Mondays, your Tuesdays almost feel like Monday sometimes. And I'm kind of feeling the same way. A lot of things are changing towards the end of the year. So we all have a lot on our plate, you know, trying to finish out the year strong. So tell me a little bit about what's going on in your world and uh, what you do. For sure. No, definitely. Um, just to hit on that point, I mean, that's where I'm at right now. It's really trying to figure out what do I got to be doing um, to finish this year off strong um, and then start planning for next year. Um, I think that's one thing, you know, when your head is down, you tend to lose focus on how important it is to start planning ahead. So I'm already starting to think about what 2021 is going to look like. I think we're all ready to put this year behind us. Um, but really just starting to think of, okay, what's the world going to look like uh, come 2021? And what do I need to be doing to put my, myself in position um, to succeed at the end of the day? So um, a little bit about myself. Um, so I'm currently the Senior Business Development Officer over at AllCap. Um, AltCap is a community development financial institution. So we are an unregulated financial institution that provides financing in the form of debt um, to small business owners here in the Kansas City region. So that's awesome. You know, I do know of a couple people who you've been connected to that we're familiar with in the uh, the Kansas City community, which is uh, the Mary Outlaw, Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah, she's got an excellent, you know, program going right now where she's uh, she's trying to help people within the community get access to cash. And so you guys kind of helped facilitate some of her, her needs. Is that right? Yeah. So the really cool thing about AllCap is we actually have, there's three separate organizations. Um, one is Community Capital Fund, which provides like, you know, capacity building for community uh, wealth and well-being. So that could be through grants, it could be through workshops, and more recently it's fiscal sponsorships. And so Community Capital Fund was a fiscal sponsor. And essentially what that means is CCF, Community Capital Fund, will leverage its 501c3 status for a social entrepreneur that doesn't have to go through all the red tape of creating a 501c3 itself and will leverage another 501c3 to take charitable donations, to be able to get that sort of tax write-off for anyone that wants to um, make a donation to that social enterprise and or also apply for grant opportunities. So um, that's something that we're fairly, you know, getting new to the game. We've been doing it for the last couple of years. Um, so we've worked with folks like the Mary Outlaw, Rightfully Sown. Um, there's a few other projects I can't think of off the top of my head, but these are all for-profit businesses that have some sort of a social component. Um, and there are many social, uh, um, fiscal sponsors out there um, that you can look into, so. That's awesome that you guys are getting really creative with money. You know, there's a, that's a, a really new, unique way for people to really engage with, you know, how finance is actually thought of. So, you yeah. know, I'm always trying to figure out like, why people have the why of what they're doing as well. And so how did you even get down this road? You know, so tell me a little bit about your past to get you into this financial world. For sure. I would probably say, I think with most of us, with whatever we're passionate about, tends to start early on in our, in our life. Um, so I, I tend to start with sort of my upbringing, uh, was raised in a single parent household, uh, saw my mother, you know, hustle and bustle just to get me through school to make it not feel like 
you know, we came from a low to moderate income community, you know, uh, household, you know, I, I didn't feel that growing up, um, but growing up and seeing the realities, you know, I, I saw that, um, you know, she did what she had to do to get me where I was at. And so, you know, I felt as if I got to do what I can to help so many other families that are in that similar position of, you know, maybe they're in a community that doesn't, doesn't seem like it has a lot of opportunities or there's only one income in the household or, uh, you know, you're the first to graduate from high school or college or a, a graduate program. Um, you know, that for me is where I, you know, kind of start with my journey. Um, so I went to Rockhurst University to get the undergrad in finance and accounting. You know, I really thought I was going to be this, this accountant. Um, got my first big job as a staff accountant at the Guadalupe Center, which is one of the largest nonprofits in Kansas City. Um, and after a few years, kind of quickly realized that my personality of connecting with people um, and, and identifying solutions to problems didn't necessarily fit very well with sitting behind the computer all day. You mean you didn't um, want to be a bean counter? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, so I was very fortunate. I went on a um, sort of like a leadership program through uh, an organization called NowCab which focuses on asset building in the Latino community, uh, where I was the only person from the administrative side of their organization. Everyone else was on the program side, in the field, in the community doing work. And just hearing their stories and what they were able to do really inspired me to want to do more besides being a bean counter, as you like to yeah, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's where it all started. Um, I. You know, luckily, one of my mentors was a board member of, of AltCap, and he said, hey, this could be a great opportunity if you are really interested in trying something new. Um, and so the rest is history, as they like to say. Man, I love it. I love it. You know, one of the things that I, I think, um, you know, it's really tough for a lot of people to know about is like the outreach and how people are connecting to understanding finance. And so um, are you more on the outreach side of like trying to connect with the community as far as people getting the knowledge about finance and For how sure. it can help them? Yeah, I would say most of my my role and I think what I'm, I'm best at is definitely, you know, identifying what those uh, resources are and trying to connect people to the resource. I think that's where a lot of the disconnect is, is that there are a lot of great programs. There's a lot of great tools out there for people to utilize to, to start understanding, you know, what capital, you know, what it looks like, how to, how to make it work for you. Um, there, there, there's technology that we didn't have 20 years ago that can really simplify, um, you know, what it means to save, what it means to invest, um, those sorts of things. But the problem is, is there's not a lot of connectivity to those products it, they either lack the sort of cultural competency that that's needed to connect to certain communities and or there's just like you know this discomfort uh, for a variety of reasons or distrust I guess it's probably a better way to frame it um, of previous sort of extractive um, resources out there and so there's there's that hesitancy hesit hesitancy from a lot of people uh, for good reason so yeah, you know, in finance world, in the finance world, it seems like there's like this uh, undertone of like the good old boys club or, you know, people that, you know, have the relationship with XYZ person or different community. And it seems like, you know, what we're seeing statistically now is that the minority entrepreneur or even the, uh, the black entrepreneur um, is it's really starting to decline. It's, it hasn't been on the upward swing. I'm not sure if that's attributed to you know, just the financial insecurities, um, you know, maybe dreams are dying, maybe they're not seeing enough mentorship within the community, but, um, you know, what does a person need to do in order to educate themselves and in order to feel like, okay, I, I'm going to um, get access to the capital in order to facilitate my dream? Like, what are some of the first steps and what have you been noticing over the last couple of years? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, there's a lot of things that I can say to that. I would say- Say them all, say them all. Say them all, say them all. Um, you know, for, first thing I think that has to be addressed before you go out and do all these other things is whatever product or service, whatever your business model is, like really hone in and make sure that your product is actually 
you know, sought after, that there's a demand for your products. Um, you will you'll see most of the, you know, highly successful entrepreneurs of color, it's because how great their product is or their service. It's not because 100%. of color, right? Yeah. And so I think, you know, that's one thing that I would share is like, whatever you're going to do, whether it's selling, you know, merchandise or you're, you've got a restaurant or a construction business, like really focus on your customer service or just the quality of the product or the service. Um, because then, I mean, your market, your, your target audience will naturally force you into, you know, success and it'll, it'll create these avenues where when you go talk to the financer or the banker, whoever it is, and they see your, they see your, the demand for your product. I mean, it's a no brainer for them to want to work with you. Um, and that's one thing that I would share that I've noticed is that, you know, folks feel that capital are just, it's going to solve all their problems. Um, which I think it could solve many problems, but if there's no one buying your product or service, that's where you should be starting. Yeah. So that, that's the first thing I want to get out there. Um, secondly, is this never too early to start cultivating relationships? Um, I feel like a lot of times, not just in our community, like the black and brown community, but just overall, you don't see a lot of people, um, you know, developing and really maintaining true relationships it's always when i need you i'm gonna reach out to you right so true so true all the time you see that happen time and time again and i think i don't know if it's something that my mom instilled in me when, when she was raising me but um definitely definitely her now that i think about it she's like you just never know when you're gonna need that person so you know always be there for them um so that's one thing that i try to pride myself on and i share that with anybody you know whether it be a personal relationship or or a business relationship, you know, make sure you're checking in on people, um, you know, reach out to them when you don't need anything just to see how they're doing. Those sort of things can go a super long way. And I know that has nothing to do with finance. Dude, but no, it has everything, everything to deal with finance because we're talking about uh, community and you can't spell community without unity. And right. you're also talking about, you know, that marketing aspect and, and the, the word of mouth that goes along with it. Um, you get the support when you, you put yourself out there. Exactly. You know, I, I think it's a really tough thing, for mo tough thing for most people to do is to start their own business and saying, well, I'm going to have a whole bunch of naysayers out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you put yourself out there, you have these dreams and aspirations, and you're almost thinking that your business model doesn't make sense to anyone and everyone of your family or, or friends. And you're like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just go get a regular job? You know, we all have these, these aspirations. And so when you put yourself out there, you know, the support that you're going to need in that initial push is going to come from your, your nucleus, your your core. So no, I totally understand that. That was a good, good so thought. I'm to starting have. very high level and I want to start working my way down. Um, from there is, um, and I know it's never comfortable, but making sure you, you work through your finances. And if you don't feel comfortable with it, there's plenty of people out there that will be willing to, you know, support you through that. Um, so setting up a proper accounting and bookkeeping system at the very beginning is going to pay huge dividends down the road. And the reason I say that is I've seen time and time again, when people come to me for financing or, you know, go talk to a bank, they're going to be looking at your financials to determine your credit worthiness. Right. Um, and so if you don't have those together, then I don't know how much I can trust you with my money. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's one way to look at it. Any sort of debt that you owe, you know, I'm basically saying, I trust you that you're going to pay me back and you've got to do whatever the hell you can do to build that trust with me. And that's why I said relationship first, you know, second is the, um, you know, making sure you have your books in order. You want to make sure that whatever questions I'm going to have, you're going to have the answer for it. Cause then that means you got your shit together. I, I believe in you. I trust that whatever I'm going to give you money for that you're going to execute on it. And I'm not going to lose any sleep on that. Yeah, you don't want to look like the idiot when it's all said and done, you know. Exactly. It's people, uh, what I've learned about money is 
everyone's so good. Like everyone's like our relationships were always good up until that money exchange, you know? And when you get burned and you've been burned before, it's just like, Oh, yo, smiling Larry over there. It was all good. until you know, I had to go shake him down, you know, shaking down for his money and stuff. And, you know, when it comes down to it, um, you know, like, there's a lot of integrity that comes along with, you know, that relationship and you have to have that transparency and uh, the lack of knowledge when you don't know something, you should definitely take the strength of making sure you surround yourself with the right people. So the financial aspect that you said about, you know, finding the CPA or the accountant of any, any sort uh, in order to help you out with those, those things that you may be insecure about. I think that's really important because ultimately who really likes you know doing all the, the counting doing all the taxation like why not work with someone who's already specialized in that shit you know like i don't want to deal with the everyday you know aspect of my books i just want to go out there and just have have a good time pretty much that's like <laughs> i like selling but i don't like doing all the accounting myself so all the bean time man. yeah man special breed yeah man you, you uh, have to be a very special individual Exactly. But the important thing is that you have to have a fundamental understanding of the different terms, the ratios, things like that, because you as a business owner should be making decisions for your business based off your financials. Um, you can learn a lot through what products are most popular. Um, is there a seasonality to your product or, or service? If there is, do you run a special promotion during that time? because you know, it's gonna drive business. You know, there's so many different things that you can learn um, and, and really utilize to your advantage. If you take just a little bit of, of time to just familiarize yourself and, and build trust with somebody that can help maybe um, simplify what, what a lot of the you know, financial terms might be or ratios. So, um, so yeah, man. Do you think that a lot of people who are needing capital, what, what, how do they justify their growth? Uh, or their needs for capital? Is it marketing or is it, is it people? Um, yeah. What do you look at when you guys are assessing? Yeah, this? that's a great question. I mean, there's a lot of times where people are like, I just need as much money as I can get. And that's like the worst answer you can say to it, <laughs> at least to the lender, right? Yeah. I want to know that you're being super calculated. You know exactly what you need it for. Um, it, How you it, doing? It, Use a million dollars. Okay, so you can use a million for working capital. And working capital is such a vague term. I mean, I, I like to use it because it, it encompasses everything. Um, but when, you, when you're talking to someone, whether it be an investor or, or a, a financier or whatever, you definitely want to know what you need that money for. Is it payroll? Is it for you know, equipment or materials? Um, but I would say from a debt perspective, typically debt is utilized for growth opportunities. That's how I like to look at it is only really try to use debt in order to grow your business, not pull yourself out of a hole. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I would say the most like, you know, the things that I'm seeing a lot of is especially right now through COVID and everything is I, I need to enhance my online presence because that's where consumers are at. Right. So that could be anything from social media to creating some sort of a, a digital uh, online experience for your, your um, in-person retail space. Uh, it could be you know maybe hiring someone to do that for you. Again, back to this, you don't have to be the expert in the room on how to do these things. There are people out there that you can hire to do this. There's, there's young, hungry people that are probably way more knowledgeable or way more up to date on the new TikTok dance or whatever it is, right? Like bring them in. Um, there's there's so many different ways that you can go about it um, and, and save money, but also get high quality sort of uh, return on, on your investment. Yeah, get your conversions um, out there, people. Exactly. Everyone needs to be marketing. You know, like that's what we realized at the beginning of COVID was we, we lost a great amount of revenue in the forefront of COVID, but now, we're starting to get our growth back with our digital marketing because people need that presence. You have to be like on people's phones. You know, you have to surround them in many ways. And yeah. uh, the touch points, you got to diversify your touch points. And, yep. you know, as much as, you know, I am talking about finance, you know, what my role is, honestly, is a form of marketing, right? My job is to try to create new lead opportunities for our organization 
And, you know, the big thing is we have to enhance our touch points. You know, how many times can you see me, whether it's subconsciously or consciously, that's going to, you know, lead you back to me at some point. Um, so that could be through, you know, for me, it's LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I mean, some Facebook, but really trying to, you know, continue to push things out, whether it's mine or someone else's, I think you got to keep those touch points up. Um, yeah. Anyways, we can awesome. another you're, conversation. You're, no, man, like, but you're being a resource, which is really important too, because when you're sitting down with these entrepreneurs and people that are really trying to um, try to get that growth, like being knowledgeable in many areas and being multifaceted is really important, especially when dealing with finance. Like, I want to know how someone's spending their money. Um, I ask every one of our clients, like, what's your budget? Like, you have to have a budget in place. Like, let's, I can give you any number, but it's almost like that. Yeah, I want a million dollars too, you know, like, but what are you going to do with it? You know, so, and I have to come up, I have to justify, you know, how we're going to spend your money properly as well. Uh, because, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it, it could be a very complicated process for people who have no goal in sight. Exactly. You know, they're like, what would that look like if you were to give me $25,000 a month? What would you expect? 100000 in return in yeah. revenue? And what does that look like? How much is your profit? So we have to be in on those conversations. So you and I are one and the same. Yeah, no, exactly. That's hitting it right on the head. Um, and for me, that's a big thing that I typically am coaching people through when they are coming to apply for any sort of financing. Okay, what's your best case scenario? Um, what does that look like for you? You know, help walk me through that. I don't know anything about your business. So share, share with me what that looks like. And if they can't do that, then I'm saying, you know, maybe you shouldn't be applying for financing right now. Maybe you yeah. figure it out and then come back to me. But at least you know what I'm going to need, you know, what I'm going to require from you in order to kind of apply. Because at the end of the day, I want to put someone in the right position to succeed. And I think most people, for, for you know, generally speaking, want people to do well. Um, and so whenever, once, and whenever you get a no, don't take it as like, this is it, this is the end of the road, you're done. This, it means you're not ready yet and get ready. Um, put that work in, not be afraid to lean into it a little bit. So yeah. um, anyways, I, I'm, you got me on my soapbox. So <laughs> <laughs> Feeling that energy, sir. Damn, oh, sad. You oh, know, man. and then as far as like, you know, people getting their business plans together and you know, all that, you know, I feel like within, you know, people who are new entrepreneurs, like they just don't know what resources uh, to go after in order to build that, that good, test, that good um, stage of their business of being able to do the, the business plan. Like, how would you, what would you say about that? It's like, what would yeah. you expect for an individual? I mean, there's a lot of great resources out there. I can't name any one specific off the top of my head, but um, the way that I typically advise someone is we don't, I don't need to see a 30, 40, 50 page business plan. Like those are outplayed. It's, I'm not going to say it's a waste of time, but you talk to any entrepreneur, rarely do they follow what's in their business plan, right? Um, what it should do though, it should provide you some guiding rails. It should provide you some structure of what to operate within. Um, so first and foremost, who are you? Um, so that's always important. You need to give me a little bit of background on who you are why your business idea is gonna be successful because of your background or your knowledge or your connections or your resources. Um, secondly, tell me a little bit about the business. Um, who's your target audience? Who are you, who's, this, who's this product or service catering towards? Um, what sort of, you know, uh, I'm blanking on some of the terms right now, but what's the market share for this, right? Who's some of the competition? Um, who are you gonna be competing against? Those are the things that help me understand if this is viable or not, um, financials. So what sort of projections do you have for yourself? Um, if those are unrealistic, then I'm gonna say, you need to go back and revisit those. Like, let's keep it real, because you can always overperform, but if you underperform on that, uh, you're setting not only yourself up for failure, but everyone else that's depending on you, right? The employees, your investors, um, yeah, uh, your community. Um, 
mom, dad. Yeah. <laughs> You're letting <laughs> them all down. Let you down. And then finally, kind of, uh, I always, I, I would say, like, leave it on a good note as far as, you know, tell me why you are for sure this is going to work. Um, oh, one, one thing that's always key and that always really helps too is thinking of, and I hate to say it, the worst case scenario. Yes. Um, especially if you're coming to get financing, if you can say, hey, look, here's my plan for everything going perfect, but I have a small little contingency plan just in case things don't work out. I want to make sure you feel good about getting your money back. And this is how I'm going to accomplish that. Don't yeah. have a fear of failure. Like just face it on, like dead on. Yeah. And that goes back to the planning piece, right? Like the more you can plan for whatever scenario possible, um, the better prepared you are, but it, it builds so much more trust with someone that's going to potentially be giving or investing money into your endeavor. Man, uh, I'm going to tell you this. There's, there's a lot of people out there who just haven't fell on their face or fell on their ass. And if you're not prepared for it, it can be very tough for you to ever come back, bounce back from it. You know, um, I never got into my feelings when I failed at all because, you know, I, I think it might just, it might be my, my skin color, it might be what I've observed, but, you know, I get back up really quickly because I'm resilient. It's all I really know. I've observed that through my mom, you know, her being a single parent as well and busting her ass. But, um, you know, it, it takes a lot of resilience to be an entrepreneur and everything's not going to go your way. Uh, I can tell you that I've, I've almost went bankrupt, you know, chasing a dream before. And um, so I, I know that for a fact, it's not going to go your way. But if you have the, the resources, you have the support, you have the worst case scenario plan, um, you, can, uh, you can be resilient and actually overcome a lot of challenges and think smart, more smartly if anything so exactly exactly yeah and i mean don't be afraid to pivot or um you know you tried it out you realized maybe it wasn't quite what you thought and but you see you saw a new opportunity kind of open up and arise it's okay i mean especially if you're early in the in the uh sort of uh phases of your business i mean you don't have very much to lose typically um, so why not, you know, pivot and try to do what you got to do to keep, you know, keep things going. So, um, but yeah, don't be afraid to fail. I think that's, you know, if anything, that's really good advice. Uh, I know it's, it's not what people want to hear sometimes, but uh, there's so much, you know, time and, and, and life to be lived that you can't get hung up on, on one thing and be afraid to let that go to move on to the next. So. You know, what I find really funny is the fact that when people start a business, they literally think that everyone is in their market. Like, like everyone's a customer. Like they can sell to anyone and everyone. And it's like this big robust thing. And you gotta humble yourself. You gotta tell yourself like, okay, like, okay, my mom and my dad aren't my clients. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta understand like who your demographic is because what I see often is people are trying to sell to everyone, you know, and it just doesn't work like that. You like literally have to hone in on a community and figure out like who your like ultimate, your ideal customer is. You can get that hype early on where I see a lot of people like kind of short themselves out. It seems like they got, they're really excited about anything and everything and things just don't go their way they short out their fuse and then they're looking for their, their friends and family to support them. And you have to be constantly curating new relationships. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It, it can be tough out there for people who don't really know, you know, like the networking side of business, like you can spend money on marketing, but you need to be networking. Yeah. Networking is King. Um, relationships is King. So, and I know we keep talking about that, but. Um, back to your question, though, about some of the things that people need to know when it comes to, you know, financing and stuff like that is personal credit, um, especially on the small business side. A lot of people don't realize, I mean, or they do if they've already tried to get financing. But, um, you know, your your personal finances says a lot about who you are as a as a individual. And if you are starting a business, your business is directly connected to you. I don't care what you want to say or think, but at the end of the day, your business is you essentially, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, if, if you're not managing your personal finances well, 
um, what's going to lead me to think from an outside perspective that you're going to manage the business finance as well. So, um, you know, the best advice I give to a lot of clients is, especially when it comes to credit, is don't avoid those, those bumps in the road because um, they're going to continue to slow you down, whether it's trying to get a mortgage for a house or uh, an auto loan, your rates are going to just be so high that you're going to end up spending way more money um, because you were you afraid to, you know, settle on like a old Sprint cell phone bill from back in you know, <laughs> 2012 or whatever, yeah. whatever thing is living on there and it hasn't rolled off yet, you know, address it, you know, at least call them and say, hey, look, I don't have a hundred bucks. I got 50. Let's work out a deal. A lot of creditors are willing to do that. And I think the sooner you can, you know, take care of those things, the better. Um, if you don't have any of those problems or you don't use credit at all, you know, at least start building it up because at some point, I guarantee, you know, that's going to play a factor, whether it be um, getting a job. And surprisingly enough, there are there are employers now looking at credit scores, um, you know, or getting an apartment or buying a house, buying a car, starting a business, all of those things for whatever reason, unfortunately, I didn't create the system, y'all. Don't get mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> Tell it like it is. Um, you know, it unfortunately leads back to that score. And and I, I am not a believer that that score has any sort of reflection on who you are as a human being. But unfortunately, based on the system that has been created for us, not by us, but for us, um, has told us, you know, that is one indicator that tells someone how much they can trust you. Yeah, 100%. And I, I wish there was more of a, a front-facing uh, system that we could see like a Yelp review on human beings. Yeah. <laughs> Let's create that. We need, we need a Yelp it. system for other people. <laughs> We're collaborating on this concept. Yeah, we believe yeah, in it. it. We're in business together. Right <laughs> I'm writing down the business plan. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, another thing for me is, you know, like what, I, what I've understood, like personal story for me, um, I, I had, I've started a lot of businesses. Some have been successes. Some of them have been, have been failures. One of the failures that I had was when I had a commercial construction company and, you know, I was in, uh, I was in charge of, you know, the marketing aspect, you know, sales aspect, but you know, that was directly tied towards to me, you know? So the failure of that business and being that the business almost went bankrupt, I was now in debt to other creditors. And so the scary aspect was, you know, if you owe um, creditors and other people, let's say in excess of, you know, $350,000 and you only have 150,000 in your bank, uh, what's the best solution for you to do? And it was something what you said was uh, go back to those people and start negotiating terms and in conditions rather than allowing it to impact and hurt you. And that's something that I realized right then and there was like, well, I don't have all of this money, you know, but I don't want to be bankrupt and we have to get creative. And so uh, going to each and one of the, each and every one of them and facing our fears and our challenges where you don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation. And, you know, you get in over your head sometimes at a young age, um, of 2026, 20, I believe, 27, um, you're gonna think that you can do anything and everything in the world. And when you get faced with you know, adversity, it's like, what are you gonna do? Well, yeah. you know, I had to face every single one of our, our creditors and you know, pat on the back for me because we paid that debt off and we negotiated some terms where we didn't have to pay it all off. <laughs> and so that's what happens, you know, you have to try to, you have to survive, you know, you know, it's, exactly. Hey, if you have $150,000 and you owe $350,000, um, they're not going to take every single dollar if you have a conversation with them. Exactly. But if, uh, you can extend those terms and get out of debt and get really creative, you just have to be really resilient and, uh, yeah, pivot sometimes. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I'm a living testament to that. So you gotta, you gotta face your fears, you know? Exactly. That's the only way to do it. That's the only way you can make progress, honestly. What are you seeing right now as far as uh, people networking in today's, uh, you know, big pivot of 2020? COVID's here. How are people getting in front of new customers? Or Yeah, I don't know, man. That's a, that's a good <laughs> question. It's something I'm trying to figure yeah. out myself. Yeah, man. Um, you know, honestly, it's how do we recreate or how do we... Um, 
create sort of virtual networking opportunities and uh i feel like a lot of us are zoomed zoomed out um i'm not zoomed out not zoomed out <laughs> no 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 it's yeah, the only, yeah, it. it's so it's so like the only thing that i know how to do i, I will not take a conference call on the phone anymore it's still yeah. strictly zoom for me yeah well and that's i mean at the end of the day just how do we recreate those sort of in-person settings or, or interactions that we would organically have at a networking event um how can we sort of recreate that in a virtual setting um i haven't figured out the the silver bullet to that yet so if you got any tricks to the trade let Man, me know it's it's coming it's coming actually some of our business partners and i we actually have a new app that's coming oh. pretty soon so yeah we're uh we're on we're trying to get the capital for that it's not why i'm hitting you up at all <laughs> but we're, we're actually in that process yeah so i can ask all these questions and it's just like i'm writing it down you know being student of the game again <laughs> but yeah i think it, it's really tough you know for us uh entrepreneurs just trying to entrepreneurs and professionals trying to engage with the right clientele and um you know really trying to have that relationship that's being built you know and, and that's what it comes down to it's like uh anyone can just sell you something but I need you to make me feel good about it, you know? So when we're trying to connect to a new client, you know, like I'm over here giving information first. First yeah. and foremost, giving away free information because we are business to business. So I'm going to get creative and just say, hey, you can uh, do this, you can do that. As soon as you have me do it is when I start charging your ass, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> but, you might as well just try to network as with as many people as possible. Yeah. One thing that I've seen um, that's very um, constructive is is just the Facebook groups. You know, there's a community. If you're in the Kansas City area, there's a community for Facebook um, entrepreneurs in the Kansas City area. There's all if you can reach outside of that. There's tons of groups on Facebook for you to get involved. I don't really like Facebook personally, but I do like it for the groups because I can, even with our podcasting community, um, other potential clients are out there in the, the Facebook groups, so we can connect that way. And um, yeah, so I would challenge yourself to just try to find a community, if you're listening yeah. or watching, try to find a community somehow, some way. I'm gonna do that myself, actually, because, I mean, I've got my circles that I run in, but you know, how do you build new clientele? How do you yeah, build man. new opportunities, and it's, definitely going out of your comfort zone 100 and, and people don't know what you're about you know um if you're just walking down the street you know just some random stranger so uh in today's in today's world we're wearing masks so you don't even have that that friendly smile or hello or whatever or being right. able to be like oh the back of davin's head looks very familiar hey i've seen you somewhere <laughs> it's kind of weird um yeah. So being able to try to find that community somehow, some way, just being a free resource often is really important or just asking a community questions mm -hmm. and people will just dive right in there and give you whatever they know right then and there. Because first of all, it just, it says something about a human being who's trying to put themselves out there, but they have some type of agenda too. So think about how you can collaborate somehow in some way, but, you know, that's what we try to do. Our agenda is, yeah, we want more clients. We want to service more people on the marketing side. But if I can give free information all day, that's the best form of marketing right there. It costs me nothing to answer someone's question or help them out. It's, it goes back to how we started our conversation about building relationships. Yeah. Building trust. Um, at the end of the day, you know, that's something that I take very personal is, um, trust um at the end of the day is 100% i trust so, you and if i can then that means we can do business together so like let's talk i need to i need to be able to trust you now dav okay so <laughs> one of the things of positive people possibly the living room is it's it's pretty much the good the bad the ugly and uplifting you know Tell me about some of the, uh, you know, the, the not so good things about your life, you know, that you had to overcome in order for you to get to this point. Hmm. Is, is there one thing in mind that comes to mind for you that you're like, you know, I'm glad that I went through that in order to get where I am today? Yeah, I mean, it was probably 
right after I graduated college, um, I was working at Costco in the tire shop, um, which I mean, for me, that was a really cool experience. It's like something manual labor. Um, it was very, you know, the hot and the cold, you had to deal yeah. with the climate, um, built a lot of character, but uh, I had gotten fired for, you know, Costco's very strict about clocking in, clocking out, you get three minute windows from your lunch, you know, call, no show. Anyways, long story short is I got written up too many times. They fired my ass. <laughs> Even though I was a good employee, I'll tell you that. But yeah. got rid of me. I just graduated. Um, I kind of had, I would say, that's when I hit a low point in my life. Um, it was like moving out of my apartment. I didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't have a job to pay for any bills. Um, just not living the lifestyle that I, you know, should have been living. Um, you know, everyone goes through that at some point in their early 20s. But long story short is I, I kind of hit rock bottom. I, you know, was, you know, depressed. Um, you know, thankfully, I had the support of, you know, now my wife, but my girlfriend, then my family, God, I mean, I, I really had to lean on on everybody to support me. Um, and for me, ever since then, and I, I think it was actually my father-in-law who said it to me. He's like, you know what, Davin? Like, whatever you do, if you if you're just if you focus on being the best at whatever it is, whether you're changing tires or you're, you know, volunteering or you're whatever you're doing, if you can just focus on being the best you can be at that moment, at that time, at that job, whatever it is, like you're gonna be okay. And I, I think subconsciously, like I live by that model every single day. I just try to be the best person I possibly can be Love that. every single day. And I will tell you, if you focus on that, I mean, so many great things will just happen to you. And, you know, for me, I haven't asked for all the, you know, the, the stuff you see on LinkedIn and Facebook and all of that. I think it's really because people know I genuinely am a good person and I try to do good by everyone. And that energy just like people want that, they want to feel that they want to be a part of it. So if there's anything, I mean, for me, I know it's not like a terrible story. I could get more into the details. No, I can actually feel that one. Um, I, I really, you know, I didn't know what to do. And I just said, you know what, do, you know, focus one day at a time do whatever you are doing, be really good at it. And um, that's where I'm at today. So. Man, I love that. You know, uh, I think everyone had that experience of being fired from a job at some point. If you haven't, you know, it's actually- Go ahead and get out and get fired. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of cool to get fired sometimes where it's like, well, F this job. I didn't even like this job anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't, tell, her, don't tell this, whoever's watching this, don't go and tell her. Yeah. Wait, my boss's house. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was so salty about it. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> yes. You were mad about it. For me, oh, like when man. I've been fired from a job, I was like, look, a new opportunity. I'm going <laughs> to start whatever I was thinking of. And, you know, like that's how positive people possibly got started is because I got fired from a job. And yeah. so I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I didn't want to go work for the man. <laughs> I wanted to go do my thing. So, and that's, and so we've been at it for two and a half, three years now, you know, helping clients from all over with their marketing, being able to put out positive mindset type of content and, you know, people buying our, our merchandise from all around the world, you know? So it's what you can do in your life and what you kind of said back there is like be quantum you know be quantum in a way where you know you're radiating positivity because you actually care about whatever it is that you're doing actually giving a fuck is really important because um it, it is very transparent that you actually do care you, yeah. you can see the disingenuous um you know type of salesperson who's just out there just selling for just the art of just making making more money but when exactly. you actually build that community, that trust, and you're around, like you said, like, you know, not just when you need something, but like, hey, I'm just checking in on you. Yeah. You know what I do with my clients or with friends or anybody? 
if I see something that I think would interest or be a value to someone else, I send it to them. Yeah. They ask me to do that. I don't get like paid that. to do that. Yeah. Literally, if I see something, I'm like, you know what? I should send that to such and such because they fit that mold or this could be a good opportunity for them. I'll just send it to them. Like, hey, I hope everything's well. I thought about you. Here you go. Yeah. And then a year later, like, man, uh, you know, something happens where I'm now, I don't know, we either work together or I get a free ticket to something or something like those things, those those sort of interactions always find their way, their way back into your life um, and they pay off in each dividend. So, man, no, I feel that. You know, one of our um, our past guests from our Taco Talk series is this guy named Brian Huff, one of my best friends. And one, one thing that he does really well is um, he basically calls up anyone and everyone, their, their parents, their spouses, and he builds a relationship with everyone. This dude has like 10 Lamborghinis. It's ridiculous. Wow. But he's that guy that's walking down the street and he's like pointing at people that he knows. Hey there, what's up, Jim? Jim, how you doing? How are the kids? What's up, Mike? How you been? How's business going? All right, good. Keeps it moving, but he's he's constantly networking. He's constantly reminding people that he's not too busy for their referrals. And it's one of the things that he constantly says. And uh, it's the same thing with anything and everything that we're doing. It's like, if you're going to be a professional, you know, let people know what you're about. Let them know what you do, um, whether if it's your restaurant or or if you're being of service to, you know, the community or whatever it is, let people know what you're about. Because, yeah. I mean, I, that I, goes in to a lot. Is, you know, don't be afraid to be vulnerable or ask for help. And I think that, you know, in itself, and I know very, you know, it's a cultural thing too. We, there's yeah. a lot of pride in our, in our culture. There's, you know, I don't need your help. I can do this on myself um sort of mentality and you know to be real like you need the community you need everybody it takes a village um you know and, and a rising tide lifts all sales so yeah at the end of the day don't be afraid to ask for help because if i can help you be successful or avoid a huge pitfall we're all going to benefit from yeah it. you but i we all will benefit from it indirectly or directly um which you know i didn't want to get into the whole the history of our of our finance world. Oh no, you should. It's <laughs> been, you know, very intentional about you know leaving communities out. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is the time more than ever to you know demand what you need or ask for what you you really feel like you deserve. Um, and, and ask for folks, ask for help. You know, people like me, I like to be as accessible as possible. You yeah. Can you can call me you can reach out to me on on any of the socials like i'll respond to you i'll get back to you i had an opportunity just arise through um i met um this lady through a virtual town hall that we did she's like well reach out to me she was the panelist i was just asking a question i reached out to her and it's like we chopped it up i mean that's what it's about everyone wants to i mean not everybody most people want to help each help help a fellow fellow human being or you should most people should want to you know hey i just try to tell anyone and everyone it's all about me being able to do business with my buddies whether if i i've known you long for a long time or not like i want to be able to just chop it up have a good conversation and uh see where that progresses and then we start picking each other's brains you know like but i see there are people in in you know the communities that will not help somebody else out or share that knowledge and if you could share that knowledge that wisdom or give someone else access to some of your resources or your network you know that really goes a long way too you never know where someone's going to lead just by giving a little bit of free information out there Yep, you never know who holds those keys to the the door you've always wanted to open, right? Yeah, it could be a stranger, it could be your next door neighbor. But if you don't talk to them, if you don't build a relationship with them, if you don't trust them, then you'll never know. So yeah, man, yeah, we uh we actually came out with the children's book called We're All Weird, and you know, so up until this point, you know, we don't really ask anyone to support anything, but we asked people to support this because we were like, this is a message that we want to see people just buy into, not just buy into, but share with other people. 
And we were able to get, you know, just some little bit of money up front that basically went into something that we already spent about $35,000 into on this media project for us. But we were able to raise about $11,000 within like, you know, 30 days time because, you know, people really cared about that message, but we needed that support. So we were, we were vocal about who we are and what our intentions are for this book. And so stuff like that, it's really important. Like you never know when you're going to need that helping hand, you know, 10, $11,000 isn't a whole lot of money, but you know, when, uh, when we're going to spend another $20,000, you know, in order to get this, this book out there to the world, it's, it's a whole a lot, you know, so it shows that community is there and you're going to always need people. You're going to need people for everything. So yeah, I really appreciate you saying all that. It's, yeah, reaffirms everything that we're about. That's right. Yeah, That's man. Right. So a little, uh, little bit about uh, how people can follow you and how they can follow your organization and maybe reach out to you. So sure. what is maybe your Instagram handle? Yeah. So, I mean, to find all cap and find out more information about the organization I work for, um, it is, I think most of our handles are at alt, A-L-T, cap, C-A-P, K-C. Um, I think that'll be both our Twitter and our Instagram handle. Um, and then you can find us on Facebook, all cap. Uh, but if you want to find me personally, uh, at Dav the Sav, so it's D-A-V underscore the Sav, T-H-E-S-A-V. And that's both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I try to try to be active on both. Um, but yeah, and then our are you on TikTok? I'm not on TikTok. Okay, I was about to say if you're Dab the Sav on TikTok, I want to see you do the Savage dance. <laughs> but I will say, I I've grown a huge appreciation for my boy Dogface, man. Oh I man, by him, but it's just like it's that so energy. He's, yes, puts out into the world. What's funny about that is uh, Dogface, <laughs> me and him, we connected back in like, I want to say like April on TikTok. No way. And he was doing some like, some like dance, some like crip walk or whatever. <laughs> and I hit him in the comments. I was like, river dancing food. Yeah. And he just cracked up like, and so like yes. I was, I was well aware of this guy for so, yeah. so long. And then I saw him on TV and I'm like, Wow, yeah. this dude's he's everywhere. It's so crazy. He's big. He's yeah, man. Commercials during the NBA Finals. I mean, that I think in itself speaks to the sort of opportunity people have. Though, I mean, it literally takes one viral moment for your life to just completely change. Hopefully, for the better. So you are going to at least get one moment in your life, and mm. what you do with that moment and how you capitalize on that, you can actually do a lot of tremendous things. And so everyone's worthy of at least one big moment so um yeah we can help you with that big moment here at positive people posse 3p media and you can reach out to us uh info at positive people posse.com or visit our website at positive people posse.com dab the sav thank you very much for being on the living room this was an amazing interview looking forward to seeing and doing more with you Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.